From Traverse City, Michigan, this is Real Fairies Radio. In our experience, fairies are real, and we're here to talk about them. I'm Natalie Lynn, and this is my sister. And I'm Susan Hajar. And yes, they certainly are real. So, we said it. Fairies are real. To some of you, this is old news, especially those who are familiar with our website, realfairies.net. To others, this may be a bit out there, but we're hoping you'll keep an open mind as we take you on this journey. Welcome to our first podcast. Even though this is a brand new radio show, we aren't new to the subject of real fairies. As strange as it may sound, we've been communicating with residents of the fairy realm, elves to be exact, since 2004. So, how did this all come about? Here's a conversation my sister Susan and I had yesterday about how this all began. Well, back before this all started, I wasn't even thinking about fairies. Me either. I didn't really give them much thought. It wasn't like we were really into fairies and we were hoping this was happening. We had no idea, really. Right, yeah, we'd never hoped for this to happen because (laughs) we never had the concept of it to begin with. As Susan said, we really had no idea what was going on at the time. But obviously, our concept of the fairy realm and elves has changed radically since then. And truthfully, it wasn't a quick or easy process for us. Here's more of our conversation. I'd have to agree that it is far from a quick and easy process because, you see, it was more like a jarring, shocking, awakening situation than it was, oh yeah, sure, we believe in fairies. Oh, there must be fairies then. No, no, it wasn't just an easy... It wasn't an easy conclusion to come to. No, it wasn't. It wasn't an easy conclusion to come to at all. These things would happen to us and we tried every other possibility that was out there to debunk it, but we just couldn't. It's kind of hard to explain how this all happened. And here's something I wrote when I was trying to explain this as I was writing the book. Things were happening, unusual things. We saw orbs at first, and then there was a swirling mist of energy in our living room. Things were taken and returned in places we had searched many times. Things would fall off a shelf with no explanation. People in the house were touched or spoken to, and there were several glimpses of strange beings. How did you feel or what were you thinking when all those things were happening to us? I didn't know what to think, to tell you the truth. I didn't know what it was. They just slowly revealed themselves on their own timetable. Right. We really had to just wait and see what was going to happen. Yeah. But eventually we did get the answer, but it wasn't necessarily what we expected. No, we didn't expect that. Okay, let's talk about how we found out who was behind all the craziness we'd been experiencing. You had this strange, powerful meditation where you encountered an elf. Right. And And then after that, I thought, okay, well, maybe if I quieted myself, I could hear something out there, too. I wasn't sure what I'd hear or what what would become of this. So I just sat there and quietly, and then I heard in my head, hello, this is not your head. This is not your brain thinking. This is not you. Basically, it was trying to convey to me that this was, in fact, communication. And he said that, hi, I am Mr. E., Only he used his real name. Yeah, he used his real name. Uh And uh, he says, I'd like you to bring your sister over here. We've got some things to talk about. And what was your reaction? I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, with like electricity going through my body kind of feeling. You're like, holy moly. So I wave you over there. Uh, Nat, you know. I remember your voice was very excited and (sighs) I could tell right away something weird was going on. Oh, yeah. But we'd had a lot of weird things happening, so I wasn't sure what it was. But this was like... It was like all of a sudden somebody turned on the radio in my head and it was like, 
he was coming through. It was clear. Like I was talking on a telephone that was that clear. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. Houston, we've made contact. You know what I mean? It's yeah, seriously. One of the things I remember right away was I asked him where he was from, and it took us a little while to figure out where because it wasn't 100% static-free to begin with. No, it wasn't. At times, it was like I couldn't pronounce the word he was telling me because he had it in a special accent. Yeah. So I was having a difficult time translating what he was trying to tell me. And I think that in retrospect, I'm sure he was probably pretty excited. This is the first time he's been able to talk to me since I was a kid. So I figured he wasn't enunciating perfectly. You're right, I'm sure he was excited, but as it turned out, he was saying he was from Finn, the island that is part of Denmark, only he wasn't in our world. He was on the other side of the veil. Right. I think his account of it is going to be similar, and he did say he'd been waiting a long time because early on he had scared you. Yes, he did. And he did not want to make that same mistake, and so he was waiting for an opportunity, and they were watching. And that's why I had this elf come into my meditation, to try that approach. Then when I told you about that, then you sort of seemed a little more open to it. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't have been open to it if you hadn't had that meditation. Okay, so it was a kind of a brief conversation to begin with. It was brief, yeah. Like, what would you say, 15 minutes? 15 minutes at the most. We got a few pieces of information. With the promise to come back soon. Yes, that he'd come back. And that's what happened. From then on, we talked to him on a fairly regular basis. Yep, because we were trying to figure out what this was all about. And he would give us information, and you'd hear the answer, you'd tell me, I'd write it down. Yeah, that's how the first process was. It was painfully slow. Yes, then we thought, you know, maybe on a tape recorder would work. We did try that, and it helped a little bit. It helped a little bit, but it still wasn't good enough. It wasn't great, because it's still the same problem. I'd ask a question, and you'd hear the answer and have to tell me. Exactly. So one day he decided... To teach me how to channel. How to physically trans-channel. And he basically told me, okay, now you have to just you know, be perfectly trusting in me. And I, and I do trust him. We By the time it. I started to trans-channel, I knew him pretty well. Uh-huh. And I didn't feel that he was anything to be worried about. Right. So he told me, okay, well then, you know, put your hands in this position. And this is why I do that. And so I'm resting comfortably that way. And then he says, just go back into your head and then... Just squish your soul back a little bit and just let me come through. And then I do that and I kind of just go to the back seat kind of of my mind. And then he just takes over. Well, I don't know how you figured out how to do that because if someone told me to squish my soul back, I wouldn't know how. It's like he showed me how to squish my soul back. Right. And And I can't exactly explain how I do this, but I do this. Right. But the bottom line is, you were both able to make the trans-channeling work, which really changed things for us. That was a big game changer. Yes, it made it possible for me to talk to him directly. Mm -hmm. And you could find out what his personality was, and you get to experience him firsthand instead of second-handed. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think you've said before that you could see his expressions, a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he is quite a character. He is. And he always has been. Yes, he has. (laughs) He's always been a character, and he's always been a jokester, and a very funny, loving, caring kind of person. Yes. And now you can see that. Yes, and it's been 12 years now, Mm -hmm. and we have talked to him so many times Mm -hmm. now, and he's been very consistent in everything he said. Very consistent. He's more consistent than I could ever be. My memory is not as great. Right, I would agree with that. And he knows facts and things that I could never even conceive of. 
when he first came through, he would tell us things and we would check them mm -hmm. relentlessly. Yeah. We did it all the time, every time. Yep. And we finally realized he never missed a beat. He was no, always correct. He was right on the beat all the time. Yeah. So every single thing was everything checked out. Right. And so now we just realize that this is what it is. He's an elf. He's from Finn. He's come to say this message, and he wants to have his opinion out there and to maybe perhaps help humanity. Yes, and we'll let him talk and say that very thing, so he'll be coming up shortly okay. and giving his point of view. Yes, you're in for a treat. <laughs> Definitely. In just a moment, I'll introduce you to Mr. E, the spokesperson for the Elves of Finn. I think we mentioned that E is not his actual name, it's just the first letter of his name. He chooses not to give you his full name, because if you knew it and called for him, he would hear you in his realm, and you can imagine how distracting that might be if there were a lot of people doing that at the same time. In future podcasts, he will talk more about who he is, where he comes from, and what his world is like, but today... He'll mainly talk about why he's here, and then he'll give us an account of the first time he had a conversation with Susan. Remember, as Susan and I were just saying, she is able to trans-channel Mr. E, and that means he takes over her body and is able to talk directly to us. He will sound different than Susan does, because his personality is quite different from hers, plus, as he will tell you, he learned English in Ireland, and he has what I guess you could say is an Irish elven accent. Now, at the end of every podcast, we'll have an Ask Mr. E segment where he answers questions you submitted to him on our website, realfairies.net. I encourage you to go there and ask your questions so he can answer you in upcoming podcasts. Well, I think that's everything I need to tell you. So first, you will hear his greeting to you, followed by a conversation between the two of us. Without further ado, here is Mr. E. Hello, people of Real Fairies. How are you doing? I'm the real McCoy right here, you know. Uh, my name is Mr. E, but uh, I just thought I'd say hello first before I go and talk about myself, you know. Welcome to your first podcast. Well, thank you. Before we get into why you're here communicating with us, can you tell us about your accent? Oh, me accent. Yes. Okay, well, this is what happened. When I realized that I'd have to learn English, that I heard of this one fee that came to visit our land who did speak English. I think I remember you telling me that he was a teacher in Ireland, where he came from. And that's why you and your brother journeyed by boat to his country in order to learn from him. Right, exactly. To learn the language. Right. So that's why I have an Irish accent. Because that's the only way I learned how to speak this language. Thank you. Can you tell the listeners why you've come to communicate with us? You've told me that you have three reasons for being here. Well, the first and very most important one that I am coming here to tell you is that the things that are going on in your realm with the pollution and the deterioration of the ozone is affecting our realm as well as yours. The veil is a veil. It is not a wall. Things seep through. Just to clarify, some people might not realize this, but there is a veil that separates our two worlds. Yes, there's a giant veil that surrounds our world that separates us from your world. That's why you can't see us. We're separated from you. We've created a different realm off of yours. You know, it's similar and it's very close to yours. And that's why occasionally you'll accidentally see one of us or hear about us. 
And that's because there can be some tears or holes in the veil. Yes, there's some tears and rips. And sometimes there's little spots where some people and things can come through. So that is a reason. Because the things can come through from your side to our side. Things that are not exactly wonderful, but more like toxic. (laughs) You know, um, polluted air. Sometimes whiffs over here. Not as often. But uh, then there's the oil spills in the water. Because the water has got a doorway of its own. And then you've got, of course, the ozone that's a problem that uh, that creates problems for our skin. And we have to wear long clothes now to cover our skin more often, you know. I see. And what about the deforestation that is going on on our side? That's not good either. That's bad. That takes away the air supply. We're not happy about that at all. So one of the goals you have here is to create awareness. Yes, I want to create awareness for the humans so that they can stop doing these harmful things for themselves and for us. And then I'd also wanted to protect the humans from the ones on our side who would prefer to just annihilate them than to work with them. So that's your second reason. That's my second reason. There's a group of dark elves on your side that want to destroy humanity. Yeah, they're dark in nature. This is not because their skin is dark. Some skins are dark and some are not. It all depends. It's their soul that's dark. Right. You know, their energy... There's two types of energies in the world. There's yin and there's yang, you know. And they work with more of the yang energy than the yin energy, Uh which they're both energies, you know. And they've got their way and we've got ours. When you look at it, it seems logical that they would say, these humans are creating the problem, so let's just get rid of them. Right, and that's their goal. But we say that's not the thing to do. We say that the humans have a right to live. You're doing just as bad a thing as they are doing to you, so that's not right. There's got to be a better answer here. Right. So on your side, you've gathered together eight different nations in opposition to these elves. Exactly. We have decided to fight against them, on our land and in yours as well. And they are trying to come and influence humanity to do themselves in. They can do all kinds of nasty work here. Uh, And I'm trying my best to uh, prevent it from happening. So that's obviously a very important reason. That is a big reason. And then, you know, there's a third reason. You know, there are many things that us elves do that perhaps the humans would like to know about and maybe mirror a little bit if they like it, if they feel they could benefit their lifestyle. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Our lifestyle is definitely different. You know, we, we live a little different way, and I've seen it's better or worse. It's just different. But you work with magic a lot, and a lot of humans are really interested in that. Yes, and I know how to work with magic. And if you need to know that or want to know that information, I am more than willing to give that to you to some extent. Let's demystify magic. It's simple when you come down to it. It's just working with energy, isn't it? It's working with energy and working with belief because your beliefs are the ones that block that energy all the time. And that's the reason there are positive people in this world that are getting things done and there's negative people that are sitting there stagnant. There's reasons for that. And I could help people this way. I think you already have. I know, but I think I could help more people this way. That is my goal. That's my third reason. So that are the three reasons I am mainly here. Susan has already talked about this, but can you tell me what happened on that day that you finally got through? How, what was it from your point of view? 
Quill. Have you been watching this thing going on? Yes, I was doing different little things, trying to get your attention. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to work with your energies over here yes. as the physical realm, but it is possible because I am a magical being and I can do these things. I know how to do this. I've been studied. Well, I'm not just your average elf. So what was happening on your side to make this connection when you finally broke through? Well, when my brother had decided to contact you while you were meditating, and he told me that he was successful and that Susan had heard about this information. I thought, well, maybe now she'll listen, you know. And then here she was out there, and she was listening, and she was trying to hear, and I says, okay, well, let's try this. You know, it's like Edison for the first time, you know. Uh, what, what did he say? Uh, hello, Watson, or whatever. It was somebody else. That was Alexander Graham Bell. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. So you were watching the situation. I was waiting for the moment, and I jumped at it. It's like talking to a startled deer <laughs> where you're like going, okay, I'm not going to hurt you. You know, that kind of, yes. you know, that kind of calming, calming speech. Mm-hmm. You know, I got some information for you that, um, yeah, this voice you're hearing, well, it's not your head. Yeah. Uh, this is not your brain working here. This is an, an entirely different entity on its own. I am mystery. Right. You know, I mean, I told her my real name, but, you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. and uh, this is information. And I think you should probably bring your sister in here, you know, and it went from there. But I approached it kind of gently. That was a good idea. Because, you know, I was thinking, you know, she's going to be startled. And uh, I don't want to scare the bejesus out of her. As you had before. Yes, I had scared the bejesus out of her many a day. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to be like, okay, well, darling, this is the situation, you know, and. Um, <laughs> yes. And it worked. Yeah, she wasn't exactly what we call calm about it. No. But, you know, then again, if I was in her shoes, I'm not sure I'd be calm either. It wasn't a calm moment. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think it was very blissful. You know, it wasn't like, oh, and she's getting this mystery and he's wonderful. You know, I I am wonderful, but that's beside the point. I I like people. Clearly. I like helping people. Mm -hmm. And I take great joy in that, actually. Mm -hmm. It's time for a final segment, Ask Mr. E. Today, Mr. E is going to answer two of your questions. If you have a question you want answered on a future podcast, go to our website at www.realfairies.net. There, you'll find our podcast page where you can record your question. All right, here's our first and very interesting question from Rush. Hello, everyone. Hello, Mr. E. Uh, My question is about humans entering the fairy realm. There's stories of people ending time there and coming back. There's other magical accounts saying that while astral projecting, you can meet fairies in that astral realm. Uh, Is this the fairy realm? And also, there's a wild old myth that uh, at the end of one's life, it's possible to die and pass over into the fairy realm. Uh, Are there any truth in these possibilities, especially now with the veil thinning? And are there any accounts or stories, any tales from elves or fairies on your side talking about humans that have crossed over and spent time there? Okay, so what do you think about the first part of the question? Have humans physically gone to the fear realm in their physical bodies? Was of course basically the first part. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's happened. It has happened. I don't recommend it because um, getting back is the hard part, if you're going to get back at all. 
And if you do, then you end up noticing the time fluctuation problem. If you come back, uh, it'll be a Rip Van Winkle kind of situation, where everybody that you knew that was young and your age will be old and you'll be young. Is it dangerous to do this? I mean, aside from that? I, aside from that, yeah, I would not recommend it for any human to do. I mean, for a lot of reasons, because there's lots of things in my realm that you're not prepared for. You could get yourself into a lot of trouble without some help. First of all, we've got all kinds of different cultures in our realm. And if you're not aware of the way we work things and you highly offend one of us, your life is in jeopardy. You know, you could say something to somebody on one kind of, of creature and they would not take offense to it. But then you say the same thing to another creature and they're going to bite your head off, literally. Okay, so he asked the question about astral projection, which would be a safer way of doing this, mm, right? Yes, astral projection is totally different. Not only astral projection, but meditation. You can find us there as well. He wants to know, if can you go to the fairy realm through astral projecting? Is that the true fairy realm? If the, there's people who said they have encountered the fae there. Is it, to your knowledge, the fairy realm? Yes. You know, I have to go on what we've done here already. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan has been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't know if you'd really want to call it astral projection or if it's like a dream work. Uh-huh. But you can get there in your dreams. You're right. not completely gone. He wants to know if the people who say they've encountered fairy there, is it possible for them to have gone to the fairy realm? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Their spirits have. That's right. That's what we're saying. We're not saying physically. Is that the true fairy realm? That is possibly... I Likely. don't know the particular person, you know. Right. I can't say that, oh, yes, it was George that came by. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know for sure, which is definitely possible. The right human could probably do it. Okay. Do you remember the last part of the question? Yes. Okay. Now, now what you're talking about is when you're dead and you leave your earth body as, as a human being, you're wondering whether or not that you can go to the fairy realm uh, as a spirit and I would say the answer to that is yes because because of the previous question if you can astral project there or even meditate you can still get there well it's not a gated community it's no it's not it's not like here you have your passport right. you know uh, let's see oh uh you know let me stamp that for you <laughs> you know uh okay we'll let you in I think he's asking, is it within the same realm or whatever you want to call it, that you can go from one to another? The human heaven to the fairy heaven? Yeah, I guess that would be one way of putting it. Yeah, I'd say, you know, the human spirits, I'm sure there could be. And I have seen different kinds come through, but I don't think it's like an everyday occurrence. And the reason why is because, you see, uh, most humans don't believe that that it even exists. Right. So why would they go to a place... Unless they knew it existed. That makes sense. All right, lastly, Rush wanted to know if there were any stories or tales of humans being on your side. To yes. Your world. Yes, accidentally. There are a few times in uh, different places that there have been stories where a human accidentally ended up in a realm and um, just didn't know what to do. And they end up very dazed and confused. But they end up getting back? Oh, yes. It's a very short period. They lose hours, like six hours, you know, in just a moment. But earlier in the very first part of the question, you talked about a Rip Van Winkle situation where a lot of time would pass when someone went into your realm and returned. Okay, there's Mm -hmm. a difference 
about how long you've spent in the fairy realm. There's one time where you end up stuck there for maybe perhaps days, which over here could be years. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go over there and you're stuck in there for like, say, a few seconds, it could be a few hours to a half an hour to an hour over here. There's mm -hmm. a difference. Okay, I see. So that does happen occasionally. It's rare. It's it's rare. It's not your everyday thing. And occasionally, you know, it does happen. Uh, I know that a place not far from us, well, kind of far. You have to get there by boat. But there's another land where that happens a lot, where their houses are seen and, and, and they're visited upon humans. You're talking about Iceland? Yes, I believe so. Yes. But how does this work in Iceland? Some people have gone into their houses... Is it possible that for a moment part of your realm has come into our realm? Yes. Um, I think that is more like it. there's an actual rip there where the whole thing is opened. And that makes things different. Right. That's a different situation. That's where we're here for a while and then mm -hmm. we're gone. Mm -hmm. That happens there. The belief is really strong there. Well, yes. And that's probably why. Our second Ask Mr. E question comes from Courtney. Hi, I was wondering if there are any fae located in the northern United States around the Massachusetts area. I'm glad you asked this question because people often want to know if there are fairies nearby. Yes, there are many different kinds of fae out there. There are fae that have been originally in the Americas, and then there are fae that have been come over from other lands to the Americas. Like me, for instance. So I would say yes. What kind would you expect There's to find? There's all in kinds. It all depends on which location you're referring to. Well, what are the possibilities? I would assume pixies would be there. Yes, pixies of all kinds would be there. You'll find them mostly in the wooded areas, and you'll find them in nature, mostly. Okay, well, how about elves? Because you know where a lot of elves are... Stationed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even us elves, it have to be an area where there isn't a lot of city and more nature. And I know that there might be some farmland and stuff in that area. You might find elves there or be able to communicate with them there. But, you know, when it comes to the big cities mm. or the city-like areas in Massachusetts... Um, I, I don't think that you're going to find anything there at all because we seem to pull ourselves away from that area because of the other things that leak through don't feel very good to us. So we want to move away towards the, the nature, as close to nature as we can be. That wraps up our first podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's been amazing. We would like to thank Rush and Courtney for recording their question for Mr. E. He really enjoyed answering them. If you have a question that you want answered, head on over to realfairies.net slash podcast and you'll be able to record your own question to Mr. E. It's a very quick and easy thing to do. Coming up next on Real Fairies Radio, we'll talk about one of the most commonly seen fae, pixies. Why are they the most common? Well, come back next month and we'll be happy to tell you. Please visit our website www.realfairies.net for more information on Real Fairies and Mr. E. Thanks again, everyone. Take care and we'll see you in a month.